Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. God be the glory for the great things he has done. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Good afternoon. I am honored to be here with you on today. I want to extend a hearty God bless you to each and every one of you for this all together service. It is an honor to be back with you. This is my second time sharing with this excellent service and I am grateful for this opportunity. I want to first and foremost give God praise for the pastor of this great church, the Reverend Dr. Doc Hollingsworth. Thank Thank you, sir, for extending not only this invitation, but allowing this service to take place. And also to my friend and my brother, one of the finest men of God that I have ever met in my life. And I'm honored to call him a friend. You all are fortunate to have him. Can we put our virtual hands together for the Reverend Dr. Joshua Scott? God bless you, my brother. Amen. Thank you for inviting my crazy self back. I do not take it lightly. And I am just grateful for this opportunity to all of you watching and listening virtually and to the one or two gathered here in the space. Amen. It is just a blessing to be with you. Can you please join me in a word of prayer? Most gracious and heavenly Father, we come to you right now as humbly as we know how. First and foremost, God, we want to tell you thank you. You've been so good to us. You blessed us even when we didn't deserve it. You continue to love and care and look out for us. And for that, God, we are eternally grateful. Now, God, as we prepare to look into your word, please move me out of self. Let this message be all about you and you alone. Please open the hearts of your people watching and listening virtually that they may receive this message and somehow be blessed by it and be able to apply it to their lives. And now as David prayed in the 19th Psalm, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Lord, I give myself away so you can use me. In Jesus' name we pray and ask all. Amen. If you have access to a Bible, I invite you to the Old Testament in keeping with the series that you're currently in. I was assigned for today a text found in the book of 2 Kings chapter number 2. 2 Kings chapter number 2, and we will be engaging verses 23 to 25. Again, for the benefit of those that may be reading along with us, the Old Testament book of 2 Kings chapter number 2 beginning at verse 23 and reading to verse 25. I will be reading from the New King James translation, 2 Kings 2, beginning at verse 23, God's word declares. Then he went up from there to Bethel, and as he was going up the road, some youths came from the city and mocked him and said to him, go up, you bald head, go up, you bald head. So he turned around and looked at them and pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youths. Then he went from there to Mount Carmel, and from there he returned to Samaria. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Subtitle for this message is insulting me can hurt you. 
And God has led me to put the following title on this text today. The cost of being a bully. The cost of being a bully. There are not too many people who are not at least familiar with bullying. As unfortunate as this may be, I'm confident that most, if not all of us, have either experienced bullying, witnessed bullying, or engaged in bullying ourselves. Some of us have been bullied at school, while others have been bullied at home. Some of us have been bullied at work, while others of us have been bullied online. Some of us have even been bullied in the church by individuals claiming to represent God. But whatever the case, case may be, all of us have encountered some type of bullying. What is a bully? A bully is defined as somebody who habitually or continually seeks to intimidate or harm somebody that they perceive to be vulnerable or weaker than them. When most of us hear the word bully, we tend to think of a big kid in school who would beat up other kids and take their lunch money or forcefully demand that they do their homework for them. And a bully will rarely go after somebody that they know they can't scare. They'll rarely go after somebody that they know they can't beat. Most bullies tend to pick on people smaller than them because they don't perceive them as a threat. And more often than not, bullies travel in groups. Because individually, they are cowards, but they feel more confident when they have backup. Most of the bullies I knew in school could seemingly never go anywhere by themselves. They they walked to class together. They ate together. They went to the bathroom together. They sat together on the bus. And of course, they terrorized anybody they could find just for their own personal amusement. Bullies are all around, and they come in all shapes and sizes, and yet despite all of the havoc that they have wreaked, there is ultimately a cost to being a bully. Our text today comes to us from the Old Testament book of 2 Kings. The books of 1 and 2 Kings are history books that talk through the kings and kingdoms of Israel and Judah. While initially one book, they were later divided into two separate books, which we now know as 1 and 2 Kings. It is not entirely clear who wrote these books, although Jeremiah is a popular guest. The events in 1 and 2 Kings cover a period of roughly 410 years, with 1 Kings beginning with the death of King David and subsequent assuming of the throne by his son, King Solomon. The purpose of these books is to convey the working of God throughout history and how God used kings and kingdoms to accomplish his purpose. Later in 1 Kings, we are introduced to the prophet Elijah, who predicted a forthcoming three-year drought in Israel. Israel. Most of us know the story of Elijah defeating the false prophets at Baal by calling down fire from heaven, which then led to the end of the drought. We know about Elijah's dealings with the evil Queen Jezebel, who ultimately wanted him dead. But our lesson today is about the man that God told Elijah to anoint as the next prophet. And this man's name is Elisha. 
Elisha, when we arrive at the book of 2 Kings, we see the ascension of Elijah up to heaven, which then leaves Elisha to pick up the mantle and serve in Elijah's place. In verse 23, the prophet Elisha is on his way to Bethel when scripture tells us that he encountered some bullies. Verse 23 says, from there, Elisha went up to Bethel as he was walking along the path. Some small boys came out of the city and jeered at him, chanting, go up, Baldy, go up, Baldy. Now on the surface, it simply appears that a bunch of kids were teasing Elisha for being bald when in actuality they were mocking God's power. When they said, go up, this was a direct reference to what Elisha's predecessor, Elijah, had done when he ascended up to heaven. And nobody can ascend up to heaven without God's power. So when the group started mocking Elisha, they were in essence mocking God. And as scripture teaches us, God does not take kindly to being mocked. This is why Paul warned in Galatians 6, 7, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man or woman sows that shall they also reap family it is dangerous to mock God it is dangerous to take God lightly or refuse to take him seriously and as these bullies eventually learn there are consequences for mocking the Lord now as I mentioned earlier most of us associate bullying with physical harm and intimidation However, there are various types of bullying, just as there are multiple types of abuse, such as physical abuse and verbal abuse. There is such a thing as verbal bullying. And as we've seen in recent years, there is such a thing as cyber bullying. People who hide behind devices and do their best to terrorize others. There are those who think that just because they never touch you, that they're not bullying you. But the fact is that some of the most vicious bullies there are only use their mouths. Notice in the text that at no point do the boys put their hands on Elisha. They don't inflict any physical harm upon Elisha, and yet they are still bullying Elisha. And I can say that I've never been physically beaten up by anybody, but I've certainly been bullied. I've certainly been harassed. I've certainly been humiliated. And that's exactly what these bullies are seeking to do to Elisha. They are seeking to humiliate this man of God. Family, let me ask you today, have you ever been bullied by somebody's mouth? Have you ever bullied anybody with your mouth? As my pastor says, some of us may never lay a hand on somebody physically, but we can literally perform surgery on somebody with our tongues. That's why James warned in James 3 and 8, no one can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Family, our words matter. How we talk to people matters. Our attitude matters. And God is challenging us today to be mindful of how we talk to people. But as we come back to the text, let's take a moment to notice how it was a group 
of boys that came after Elisha, which tells me that Elisha was likely not the first person that these boys had bullied. This was likely not the first time that these bullies targeted somebody to mock them or make fun of them because the sad reality is that bullying is a learned behavior. Nobody is born a bully, but they develop into bullies. They learn how to be a bully. They observe bullying behaviors and adopt these behavioral patterns for themselves. Moreover, there is such a thing as the mob mentality. The mob mentality, which means that some people are influenced by others to adopt certain behaviors. They may not have woke up that morning with the intention of bullying somebody, but seeing somebody else do it will make them join in also. I remember in school, whenever somebody would tease somebody else, after a little while, other people would join in. And before long, this one person is being teased by a crowd because everybody is laughing, everybody is mocking, everybody is teasing and belittling, and all of these disgusting and ungodly behaviors, and it all started because somebody succumbed to some peer pressure. Family, be careful whose behavior you imitate. Just because you see others doing something doesn't mean you need to do it. Just because you hear others saying something doesn't mean you need to repeat it. And God is looking for individuals that don't mind being different. They, that don't mind choosing not to go along with the crowd, especially when it's clear that the crowd is doing the wrong thing. God has not called us to be like the world. God hasn't called us to merely conform to what society does. God has not called us to merely follow the masses and comply with what everyone else does. But God has called us to be different. That's why 1 Peter 2 and 9 says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That word peculiar means unusual, particular, or special. In other words, they may choose to bully, but you need to choose to be nice. They may choose to tear down, but you need to choose to build up. They may choose to curse, but you must choose to bless. They may choose to be a bully, but you need to choose to be a friend. God is challenging us to be different. Additionally, given the culture of that day and the location of this incident, this was definitely not the first time that these bullies made a mockery of God. The text says that Elisha was going up to Bethel when he encountered these bullies. During this time, the, the Bethel was a center or a hub for idolatry. King Jeroboam had set up golden calves, which the people worshipped as their gods. And God sent a number of prophets to preach to the people of Bethel and warn them against the dangers of idolatry. So given what was occurring in Bethel at that time, it should come as no surprise that there were people mocking God and God's messenger. And unfortunately, family, we see these behaviors very prevalent in our world today. People are still mocking God. People are still worshiping false gods. People are still mocking and teasing God's messengers. People are still refusing to take God seriously. And just like Bethel, 
America has a lot of golden calves. The church has a lot of golden calves. And yet when God sends men and women to call us on this and challenge us to do better, instead of heeding the warnings, we do like these bullies and mock. We belittle, we demonize because some of us would rather mock God than repent and make an effort to do better. Some of us are so comfortable in our ways that we'd rather stay in our mess than get out of our mess. And yet God is challenging us to change our ways. And while God may not necessarily send actual bears to maul us, God does know how to get our attention. Which is why God is challenging us not to be comfortable or complacent but to make the effort to change. This is why God said in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. As we come back to the text, let me point out a common misconception about this particular story. Because the first time I read this story, I'm like, what in the world is this? And I'm supposed to preach this too? There are those who read this story and are immediately turned off because it appears that the prophet of God caused little children to be mauled to death by bears or or eaten alive by bears. And most of us associate mauling by bears with death or being eaten. However, if we examine the text, we discover two very important things. First, the Hebrew word used in verse 23 that says children or small boys is the same word used other places in scripture to describe young men. Therefore, it is likely that this was a group of teenagers or men in their early 20s. Secondly, the word mauled does not mean killed. Instead, it means that the young people, 42 of them to be exact, were seriously injured by these two female bears. And since the text says that two female bears attacked 42 members of the group, that makes it clear that there were many more in this crowd that were mocking and berating Elisha. And as we discovered earlier, this was a consequence for their decision to mock God and his messenger. I point this out because this is the same God that teaches us to forgive, love our enemies, bless those who curse us, and not return evil for evil. And yet in this text, God's prophet Elisha curses his bullies and God allows those bullies to be mauled by bears. This indicates that while God is a God of forgiveness and mercy, God is also a God of order and wrath. And God is never too shy to teach irreverent people a lesson. We see that through the plagues that he allowed Egypt to endure. We see that through the years that God made Israel spend in the wilderness. We see that through the years that Israel was in Babylonian exile due to their disobedience. And we see it in this text when these young bullies are mauled by bears. Family, what bears has God sent in your life? What situations have arisen as a result of your actions or inactions? Hello, somebody. In what ways has God responded to you? 
Speaking for myself, I've never been mauled by actual bears, but God has definitely used some situations to get my attention in moments of disobedience. And I can't even stand here and pretend that I didn't deserve it because I know for a fact that I did. And I want us today, family, to be careful how we conduct ourselves because just as these bullies in Bethel found out, there is eventually a cost for being a bully. But as I prepare to close, I want to tell somebody that if you are a bully today, there is still hope. As long as we are living and breathing, we have a chance to make things right. Being a bully is a choice. Hear me, being a bully is a choice. And just as one makes the choice to be a bully, they can likewise choose to stop being a bully. God has the power to transform any evil behavior into good. And while some individuals are bullies as children and remain bullies through adulthood, there are others who mature and grow and realize that bullying is not the way. There is nothing godly about bullying. There is nothing good about bullying. Bullying never helped anybody. Nobody should take pride in being a bully. But there is another way. There is another option. Family, we don't have to be bullies. We can abandon that behavior. All we have to do is surrender it to Jesus. Jesus can fix us. Jesus can clean us up. That's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, therefore, if anyone be in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And family, it is beautifully ironic that those words came from Paul because before he became the prolific New Testament hero that he was, he himself was a bully named Saul. He was the fiercest persecutor of the church, but all of that changed when he met Jesus. Jesus gave him a new name. Jesus gave him a new walk. Jesus gave him a new talk and he can do the same for you and I. Family, don't settle for being a bully, but let the Lord clean you up. The text doesn't tell us anything else about the 42 bullies that got assaulted by the bears. So we are left to use our imagination and take educated guesses. One might speculate that they were severely injured and some of those injuries remained for the rest of their lives. Perhaps they were paralyzed or lost the use of one or more of their limbs due to the severity of the injuries. I would expect that they were mentally traumatized after such a violent assault and likely had flashbacks for the rest of their days. And while the text doesn't specify whether they lived or died, it's very possible that one or more of them eventually died from their injuries. But most importantly, family, I'm almost certain that they regretted being bullies. They probably looked at their wounds and thought to themselves, I wish I had made a better decision. I wish we hadn't mocked that man. I wish we'd have just left him alone. Why did I go along with what they were doing? I ended up getting hurt because of that decision. And family, there are bullies sitting in jail cells, hospitals, and other places looking at their wounds and wishing 
that they had made a better decision. There are individuals who spent years being bullied, being bullies, and are now living lives of isolation. No friends, no family, and no one to share life with, all because of how they chose to live. And they are likely wishing that they had made better decisions. Family, don't wait until the bears have come and mauled you. Don't wait until it's too late and you're already dealing with the consequences. Choose now not to be a bully. Choose now not to mistreat others. Choose now to reflect God in all of your ways so that you can avoid that cost of being a bully. Let us pray. Most gracious and heavenly father, we thank you for your word. You tell us often, God, that your word cuts like a two-edged sword. A lot of us run to the portions of your word that make us shout or make us feel good about ourselves or gives us the reassurance that we're going to be all right. And while that's good to know, we also need to know, God, of your expectations. We also need to know, God, of the consequences for our actions. We also need to know, God, that with the same power that you forgive and show mercy, you also pronounce judgment. And God, help us to be as just as enthusiastic about the side of you that keeps order as we are about the side of you that looks beyond faults and supplies needs. God, I pray for anybody watching and listening who may be a bully. I pray for anybody watching and listening who may have been victimized by bullying. God, we know that just as you can help those of us who have been victimized get over the wounds, you can also rob those of us who are bullies of that urge to be a bully. You can give us a better walk, a better talk, a new focus. God, you can change our mindset. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to touch every man, woman, boy, and girl under the sound of my weak voice. Make us like you, God. Make us over again. Clean us up. Protect us from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet and all points in between. And we'll be most careful to give you all of the glory, honor, and praise that you so richfully and rightfully deserve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, Come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.